Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Last Set Podcast, uh, number one podcast in all of the world. Just my opinion. Um, let's mainly talk about combat sports. Mainly combat sports. Mainly combat sports. Um, Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. How'd you feel? Well, there was a bu- there was a bunch of mixed feelings that I had watching the fight. First thing was uh, Logan Paul came out with a Charizard card around his neck. Yeah, I saw that. And I thought about uh, they just says, "Oh, talk about playing with your cards close to your chest." Yeah, literally. And then they had, um, even though the f- the f- the um, the Florida Boxing Commission didn't actually uh, fan- officially sanction the fight, mm. they supplied DJ Khaled as the uh, referee. <laughs> that dude looked like DJ Khaled, the yeah. referee. I was like major key. And then when the fight actually went down, but the actual first round itself, I mean those last ten seconds, like Logan Paul just went absolutely swinging, and then mm. he just. Went nuts, and then that pretty much almost like gassed him. I wasn't expecting. He was gassed quite early, to yeah. be honest. I think he just had like an adrenaline dump. Yeah, but totally normal. In terms of like actual boxing athleticism, there were some moments where I was actually quite impressed uh, with his performance. But one thing that pit, uh, was a little bit shocking was the amount of uh, clinches and grabs and hugs that those two guys performed. It wasn't so much Floyd though. He was yeah. more Logan. Like Logan's the bigger, taller person with slightly longer reach. And he was the one opting for being in the clinch, which wasn't his forte because Floyd would literally just duck his, uh, pull his shoulder in or straight after they, he had a good connection and then Logan would try and pull him into the clinch you know, to avoid that. Floyd would just continue to keep a little bit distance by pushing his forearm onto his throat and making sure that he wouldn't be able to get close. If he did get past his elbow, then he would just fire with those right-hand uppercuts right up the center. So, um, to be honest, I wasn't really impressed with Logan. I thought he was really shit. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was... Bon- much, well, if you, look, if you compare him back to his father's KSI, true, he's a little bit more composed. I mean, I mean, I expect him to be a bit better, to be honest. He's, uh, he's very much... It's very easy to tell that Jake is the better boxer. Jake actually, I mean, I, I, neither of us like him, but Jake is the better boxer out of Logan. Jake Jake actually boxes properly. Logan doesn't. I don't know how they're still getting him. He punches with his arms. Yeah. He, and he put he, he doesn't have snap in his punches. It's just push. He pushes punches. Yeah. He, he has no snap in his punches. He just pushes. He's obviously more athletically gifted than Jake. But he's very tight. He's wound up like a like a spring, but that spring doesn't have any like recoil. He's like he's very stiff. And then when he's boxes, he's he's an arm puncher. He's not. A, he doesn't punch with his body. He doesn't twist his hips. Mm. He doesn't use his footwork. He's very flat footed as well. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. There's no twisting motions or anything. There's nothing that he actually fires off with his body. He just he punches with his arms, which is why he got gassed. He and the entire time he he had his guard so so low anyway to avoid say. getting so gassed anyway, and he was still gassed out. Yeah, literally on that seventh round, Floyd pretty much had him. If that would have been gone any more than eight rounds, I reckon they would have. I reckon Floyd would have put him away, because the one thing you were telling me that he uh what's it called? He beat. McGregor in the 11th round, was 11th it? 11th round, So, second yeah, last yeah. round. So, it was again in that 7th round, and it was an 8-round fight. Mayweather was starting to really close in on him. So, I really reckon, I honestly believe that that went a couple more rounds, we wouldn't have saw a different fight. The other thing was, it, it was a short, the short rounds. 
Yeah, well, three three minute rounds. Yeah, that's and the way it's supposed to be, though. Yeah, and then the fact that there was no judges. However, I got to ask if you if you actually were to score that as a judge, who, mm. what would you have scored it? Um, I'd probably give maybe the first round to Logan. Yeah, and then the rest probably to Floyd. Yeah, correct. Especially that seventh round. That seventh round was like se- clear. Se- seventh round as well. I think he just he he let Logan just punch himself out. There was the last probably minute of the first round, mm-hmm. and that's when Logan started to just like yeah. look like it looked like Logan was just like I know your game plan, Floyd. And then in that last minute, he was like. No, I forgot that. And he just forgot it. And he just started swinging wildly. And um, you could maybe give that first round to, to Logan. However, a lot of those punches just hit the guard anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times where it looked like Logan was about to connect, Floyd would just hit him nice. There was a really, really like clean left hook right. that Floyd hit him with. And uh, and there was some really good hits to the body as well. Really, really, really good. I thought it was weird that Logan started to pull him into the clinch to avoid striking with with um, with Floyd, whereas Floyd didn't want that to, you know, he was okay with it once he was in there, but it was more so Floyd was the one keeping the distance, not Logan. Logan, Logan was trying to fire off his jab, and it wasn't working. It wasn't... It wasn't really working. He was trying to do almost like a flicker jab, and it w- it wasn't working. It wasn't connecting. Mm. Um, Floyd was just really good with distance, mm. really good at just coming in and out, let him punch himself out a little bit. Logan didn't have the cardio, even though his output was a bit low, to be yeah. honest. I thought it was a bit strange, well, if I'm I honest. I didn't think it really is like slowed down. There was a lot of like mixed, again, a mixed with our feelings from the results. Like mm. a lot of... Uh, a lot of people are saying, oh, hats off to Logan for surviving those eight rounds against uh, the greatest boxer of our time. And then you got people saying, oh, boxing is a joke, especially Dylan Dallas. Dylan has put, it, Dylan Dallas put out a post of him with Floyd Mayweather uh-huh. saying, oh, this is an absolute disgrace. If mm. I couldn't finish Flo- uh, Logan inside one round, I would kill myself. Yeah, he and said he'd retire and do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. But what's, what's your honest opinions about this whole fight now in general? Um... I thought it would look it, it taking place is fine. Like yeah. it's it's fine for boxing. It brings new boxing fans. Um, Logan was just happy to be there. He yeah. wasn't really happy. He kept saying, "I honestly believe I'm gonna knock him out." But like any every every fighter says that. Every yeah. fighter says, "Oh, I honestly believe I was gonna win." Because if you show up, like no fighter says, "Oh, no, I'm just happy to be here," and uh, win 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 or lose, you know, I've I've done something great. No fighter is going to say that. They're going to say, I truly believe I'm going to beat him. Because if a fighter, not really much of a fighter, if they come in, they're more yeah. of just a participant. Or, yeah. I don't know. Just, well, yeah, it was, it was. I think it was good for boxing because boxing's became a bit stale. Um, Floyd, obviously not the fighter that he used to be, however, looked pretty good. He's, he's still sh- showed why he's it, one of the best. He, Yeah, he just stayed to the fundamentals. Um, stayed composed as composure is probably his best thing yeah. to be honest speed was still there to be honest and that's usually one of the first things to go um, a lot of people were expecting him to get knocked out I even had a dream that, he, that the, the <laughs> night before that Floyd knocked him out and I was and I was that we were just watching the final I went okay cool let's go um, but it wasn't I knew it wasn't going to be like that I don't I don't know why I had that dream like that but it, I knew it wasn't going to take place in an alternate reality yeah, an ultimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in an al- yeah, in an alternate reality, Logan won in the first round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, Logan being the bigger, larger man, 
hasn't really had many f- had many fights, which means he hasn't really absorbed that much damage. Yeah, I mean he's zero and one in a professional record. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious when they yeah, showed yeah. on the screen his record, and then he looked up and started laughing. I was like, even even he knew how ridiculous yeah. the fight was. Yeah. Um, what I found interesting though was when I right afterwards Jake went and posted something on his Instagram story saying fifty and one oh, Lo- Logan and saying that Logan beat Floyd. Um, he's he's like no one's gonna say that. Yeah. I think he's just being happy for his brother and things yeah. like that. If he truly believes that, then uh, he was saying he should oh, watch it back. He should I, watch it back. I think he was saying, "Oh yeah, I got your hat. My brother got your career." Okay, but yeah. what I got to put up right now? His I was having a lot of thinking about this whole situation. Is what we're seeing now is really an explosion in boxing where it comes to influencer boxing. Because if you think about it, not only do we just have, you know, what probably the greatest YouTuber or the most popular YouTuber, I don't know, take on the greatest boxer, but you're also seeing this other branch branch out. Like there was a YouTube, there's a YouTuber TikTok card coming out. Mm. Now, I don't really want to, I don't really want to watch it because I feel like it's a bit, because the people on it, I have no idea who they are. And I watched a press conference and they were saying they're all doing this for money. Fair enough. But Straight shooters, anyway. Yeah, 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 straight shooters. But one thing I actually was surprised is, well, my point being is, it's that's just one of the many. You also forget we also have Eddie Hall fighting um, Thor from yeah. Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. No, what's his name? Haftor. Haftor. And mm. he's fighting him in a few in a couple in September, I believe. And he actually just had a fight recently with a professional with a uh, pretty mm. f- professional boxer, and he was doing pretty good for a guy of his size. He actually went all the rounds. Eddie or Hafthor? No, Hafthor. How, oh, yes, I understand. Yeah, Hafthor yeah. went. Did he go against a pro? He, I think he fought a pro. Or was it an amateur? Or maybe it was an amateur. I don't no, know. Not too sure. I know he had a fight. Um, it was recent. And it was, pretty, it was pretty good. He did pretty well. Yeah. And then what you also got going on is other YouTubers are trying to get involved inside the fight game and all that. So it's it's good for boxing because, you know, at the end of the day, it is the money sport. It's trying to attract people for mm. it. But... One thing I, I just want him to do is I want him to be taking this seriously. You know what I mean? You can't mm. play boxing. And that's what I liked about Logan. He took this fight very, very seriously. He moved to Puerto Rico before the fight um, to for his training camp. Now he's living there. He, he says he's still going to live yeah, there. Yeah, he's still going to live there. And he he wasn't YouTubing. He wasn't. He was barely podcasting. Barely. And, you know, he was very, very limited activity on social media. So I am very proud of him for taking it very seriously because when we had the Jake Paul versus Ben Askren fight, looking back at it, Ben Askren didn't really take that fight as seriously as he hoped. I feel like he really underestimated him. He also didn't have a lot of time to yeah, you know. get back into the swing of things uh, post-surgery, to be honest. Exactly. Because um, he said he was pretty much sitting on the couch. But look, um, I like that it's bringing a lot more attention to boxing. Uh, originally, I thought maybe it was watering down the sport but I think, I think you can watch the really poor boxing technique and bouts that brings a, like which has like a lot of attention, and then you can really appreciate the boxers that do this for a living. Um, it's just a bit of a weird time for boxing because I even saw, I saw yesterday that um, Tommy Fury had his fight. Um, I think he fought a Scottish fighter who was like really? Owen fourteen or something. Yeah, like really bad. Oh. Um, Obviously, I believe he knocked him out 
within, uh, I believe it was the first few rounds. I haven't watched that fight yet back. But I did see a highlight of um, Tyson Fury's dad, John Fury. He called out Jake Paul and he said, come on, Jake Paul. <laughs> and, and, and it's just weird. It's a weird moment weird. for one of the greatest heavyweight fighters, the dad or coach of Tyson Fury, mm-hmm. is calling out a YouTuber who's just had recent you know, fame and stardom in the last couple of years in the boxing industry, maybe in the last year, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, it's a weird time right now. Now we've got Jake Paul versus Tyson, uh, uh, against um, Tyron Woodley. And there is rumors that apparently, apparently Jake has got a second fight lined up already. Really? And it's going to be against, um, who was that kid, Hasbullah? But like the guy that promotes Hasbullah on, on social media and that. Some Russian guy. I can't remember. Uh, anyway, it's all very weird. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, it, I bl- there's rumors, but I don't know. That's not really set in stone. That might be before the Tyron Woodley fight. That's what I actually got to ask you about. You've yeah. seen those videos of like Hasbola, how he's like gaining so much attraction. It's weird. Over, it's just weird. It's like, weird. Apparently, he was like supposed to fight some kid, and then uh, did you actually? They're not. They're not kids. They're not kids. That's the other thing. He's actually 19 years old. They're both. They're both like in the. 18, 19. 18, 19, yeah. That's yeah. weird, though, because when I saw him, I'm like, why does he look like a child? But his face looks like it's slightly more matured, you know what I mean? Yeah, just, yeah. So I thought it was some weird Russian gene or something like that. Russian? Gone. I don't know. They're, they're, they're Dagestanian, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Think so, so. I some weird Dagestanian genes going on there. But then I actually did some digging. I actually found out that he's 18 years old. Yeah, yeah. That. He's got some sort of genetic disorder or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, it'll be something similar to like dwarfism or something like yeah. that. Um, well, let, let's talk about Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. Okay. That came out. So basically, the Paul brothers are very good at marketing wise. And because they've got their fights in a similar industry, which would be boxing. Um, However, they've you know gone off in different directions and who opponents they're picking, um, and who they're signing with and things like that. Jake signed with Showtime, I believe it's just a one-off. Some people have said it's a multi-fight contract, but Jake has also said I don't do multi-fight contracts. Mm-hmm. I do one and done, and then I can renegotiate, um, which which is actually a good point. Yeah. Um, and then Jake Paul is set to fight Tyron Woodley. We don't have a date. Um, well, sh- we, it's do. Mu- we do is we do. Y around August or something like Roughly that. Roughly August. Let me okay. get a quick confirmation for you. Man. Yeah, if it's been sorted in early June, then most likely July is a bit too early because then you have a decent fight cam at least eight to twelve weeks. Um, it's most likely maybe August that we'll see it. It's super weird to see so, uh, see August, this come about. Sorry, the August twenty eighth. August twenty eighth. Okay, 20th. so yeah, yeah. So that gives them probably uh, over twelve weeks to actually. I mean, give me an honest assessment, to 12 weeks. honest assessment about um, this. Because one thing I thought that was really important to highlight yeah. was the fact that uh, I believe uh, Tyron Woodley's manager did an interview and he said that, that it's a two-fight. Um, I think it's, it's yes. a rematch. It's, it's uh, there there is a rematch clause in Jake Paul's contract, not in Tyron's, in Jake Paul's contract. Mm. Um, I know people. some people have said, oh, well, is Jake scared or anything like that? It's a little bit weird that there's a clause in there. Basically, Jake can choose, just like with uh, recently with Wilder vs. Fury with having a rematch clause, which is a strange thing because MMA, that doesn't happen. No, no. Um, but in boxing, it's weird that win, lose, or draw, if you choose to do so, we can have a rematch, which is a bit weird. But ha- perhaps that was something that Showtime wanted to put forwards. A um, little bit weird. So basically, if Jake wins, 
he can choose to have a rematch. Mm-hmm. If Jake loses, he can choose to have a rematch. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. He could lose and just say, no, nah, I don't want to. And he can just not use the rematch clause. And it could just expire. But um, I think they get about a year or something usually. They're, every contract can change. But usually it's about a year, which is why Wilder had to go through an arbitration process with a judge in order to get that sorted. Um, it's very, it's, it's a bit strange. Now, it's a good, with Logan Paul versus Mayweather, um, there was no story, no. right? There was no story. Jake actually helped promote that. He made that way more marketable. Otherwise, probably way less people would have watched that, right? Jake, although we don't like him, he understands the marketing, which is, you know, the who, the what, the where, the why, and the how. And the, the really one that's really important is the why. Like, why should we watch this? Why is this important? What's the story? Yeah. And Tyron Woodman, uh, Woodley coming over from MMA, recently retired. Mm-hmm. Well, well, not recently retired. Really cut, cut from the UFC yeah. after four, um, four pretty significant losses. Mm-hmm. Um, he's friends with Jake Paul. Had that little bit of the, you know, behind the scenes when he was watching Jake getting his hands wrapped. Had that a little bit of a... Scuffle. Not not scuffle, but like uh, heated argument with uh, Jay Leon Love and uh, Jake Jake Paul and that, and now after KOing Ben, now that they can look, you got to give a little bit of credit to Jake is that he's actually gone against a more formidable opponent. Yeah. Yes, he's picking someone who is about forty years old yeah. and on a four fight uh, losing streak. So he's he's uh, but he's got he's someone who can crack. Yeah, Tyron yeah. Woodley can crack. And yeah, don't forget, that, pa- that power's Woodley not going anywhere. Some absolute phenomenal strikers. Like I will never forget my favorite fight from Tyron Woodley was when he fought Stephen Wonderboy Thompson for the first time. Mm. That you go back and watch that. That was like that's vintage, a, a vintage striking match. Or against Lawler. Yeah, against Lawler, that was another killer match as well. But Tyron Woodley is a little bit older, but he's been fighting train killers his whole life and. I hope he takes this a little bit more seriously. I hope he's still been training out because this is where the situation is a little bit different because Ben Askren wasn't training as much. Striking really wasn't his style. Mm. Tyron Woodley, even though he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, tri- a phenomenal wrestler, he still can't, he's got tremendous amounts of power he, and he's still got yeah. phenomenal hands as well. So. He, he's also, during his fight camps for uh, you know a lot of his UFC bouts, he's been boxing pro boxers for, yeah. uh, for a while. Um, I don't believe he's been at wildcard boxing. However, he's been doing boxing bout like you know, actual boxing bouts with pro professional fighters. Right? It's just it doesn't really get talked about because it's just in fight camp and it's not really relevant because it's a different space, right? But it's not talked enough uh, talked about enough that Tyron Woodley, look, he actually does have hands and right. And if Jake can pull it off, then you have to give. Uh, you give Jake a little bit of respect because he's he's picked Tyron, right? Yeah. Again, 40 years old, well out of his prime. Um, if he was maybe not on a losing streak, maybe Jake wouldn't have touched him. No. Um, or whoever's advising Jake wouldn't have touched him. But still a formidable opponent. If he was to beat Tyron, and I think that is a long shot. I know we said that against uh, Ben, but that was also because we were just hoping Ben made it into a scrappy fight, which he... He really didn't, and he kind of got fooled quite quickly because mm-hmm. um, Ben kind of got fooled by quite a basic one. Hit low, hit low. Yeah. Fake going low, go high. <laughs> like it's the most basic trick in the world. Uh, look at, look at, kick them in the leg, kick them in the leg. Look at the leg, hit them in the head. It's the most, it's the basic trick in the book, and he, he got, he got whooped. But with Tyron, yeah. 
that guy's he's that guy's thing, heavier. You know, he's a good. He actually does have good boxing ability. Here's one thing I gotta ask: uh, what if Tyron, we got Tyron Woodley? Where's Dylan Dennis sitting? This whole thing. Do you ever think he will fight him? Um, Unless you don't. Well, I saw that Dylan Dennis um, prior to the fight on his Instagram story. He'd actually said, "I I bet that Logan gets knocked out in the first one to two rounds by Mayweather, and I think after this he comes fights me in Bellator." Okay. Uh, if you ever want to lose money in a fight, do exactly what Dylan picks yeah. for the winner. Yeah. Dylan never. If you ever see who Dylan picks for winners in the UFC, any boxing, he he he's he misses the the mark every time. Yeah, he's he's definitely got a curse on him. It's yeah, also like the Chow Sonnen curse and the Yoru Hawani curse. Yeah, and then there's the Versace rope curse. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the second part of that is a bit weird to decipher that. I don't, th- I don't see Bellator being like, okay, yeah, we'll take Logan yeah. who just lost on Showtime against Floyd Mayweather. Let's bring him to Bellator because that's that's something that we really because Bellator wants to establish themselves. They don't want to pick up. Yeah, I think uh, Dylan needs to fight someone because he hasn't fought in a long time. I think yeah. 2019 or something he hasn't fought. Yeah, and the guy who fought in Bellator wasn't even that well established. I think he was 0 and 2 or something like yeah. that. So and now Dylan is 2 and 2 and 0. Um, I've seen Dylan fighting, like doing, he's been doing a little bit of boxing training. It looks okay. Not really that good either. Um, it doesn't look natural for him to be honest. He's really, really good. But he said, um, he, he said that if Logan comes to Bellator, I'll snap his leg in 10 seconds. Um, I wouldn't doubt it to be honest. I wouldn't doubt it. I, I think there's a massive difference in, in weight. I don't see that happening because Dylan's not, he's not a champion. He hasn't fought any significant opponents in Bellator. He's only fought twice in twice in Bellator, I believe. Um, he's be, being being two and zero. Oh. He's also had like a knee surgery and all yeah, that. Yeah, so it's it's not going to happen. He's, Logan's not going to be going to Bellator um, to do any MMA bouts, even though he has the wrestling wrestling pedigree. Yeah. It's not. It's not going to happen. He, Although Dylan, Dylan would snap his leg. Here's another reason why it's going to not really going to happen is because now stock has gone up in the pool family and stock's gone down in Dennis family basically. Because, Dylan, well, nothing's really happened with Dylan because to be he's honest. He's not done anything really. He's, he, he's more of a talker. Yeah, he's well. He's been doing podcasts lately, but he's not actually done any fighting. He hasn't been. He, competing. D- he basically just speaks. Yeah, he just, fair, but he just speaks. I mean. I mean, I'll I'll watch him in a rest, uh, grappling match any day. Any oh, day, it, any day of the week. Th- that's what's strange for me. Like, if he's if he's been, you know, because he lives in a, in America, he, do, he hasn't been in Ireland for a while, obviously because of COVID. I just thought, well, why don't you just stay busy? If you can't get an MMA fight in Bellator or something, because I understand he would be a formidable opponent mm-hmm. to get on Bellator. I don't I don't see you, if anyone's been turning him down, right? But. Dylan could make a decent amount of money just doing flow grappling. Correct. And I don't see why he hasn't done that because he's also called out Gordon Ryan. Yeah. Well, who's now retired? Well, se- semi-retired. As soon as he gets his stomach back in gear, I know yeah, we're all over the spot. The it's just it's all it's all very weird right now. There's the the only clear thing we've got right now is Tyron Woodley versus Jake Paul. Yeah. And um, to be honest, an early prediction: I think Tyron Woodley wrecks Jake. Yeah, I, I think Tyron Woodley wrecks Jake, but I don't think it's going to be in the first few rounds. I feel like he might fill him out. I reckon Jake's going to try and put him away in those first few rounds like he did with, you know, of course, Nay, and then he did, of course, with um, Ben. Tyron Woodley, he's not really a first-round finisher. 
He's not really got many first round finishes on his streak. Submissions, he's he does. got a lot but, of quite a few submissions. He has submissions, yeah. but not not, not in terms of strikes. No, exactly. So that's why I believe it's going to go down to later rounds. I reckon he's going to be very durable. I think you got to understand that fucking Tyron Willie's got a massive overhand right that you shouldn't underestimate. Mm. Uh, which you can put anyone away. I just want to see what the uh, what, what it's going to be like leading up to the camp. Because the thing is, my money is on Tyron as of now. But one thing I've learned that I learned about the Jake Paul versus Ben Askren was as I got closer and closer to the fight, I steered towards Jake because the things that were coming out of Ben's camp, coming out of Ben, and the words that were coming out of Ben's mouth, it just, uh, you know what I mean? So I just want to see what's going to happen now leading up to it. I think a lot of people overestimate a little bit too much about what a fighter says. Yeah. And, and I think it's more the physical aspects for Ben. I think Ben... Hadn't had any experience. Wasn't going to learn anything new at 36. Yeah. Tyron doesn't really need to learn anything new because he's been doing it consistently. Ben never developed his hands, whereas Tyron, he said, before I was, you know, fighting, I was knocking out people in the streets, you know? I think uh, I think Tyron takes Jake's head off. And yeah. um, I don't think it will be early on. Just, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think Jake will try and take him out in the first two rounds and... Yeah, but a little bit of credit on Jake that he's actually gone forward and he's actually picked a, a much harder opponent than Ben. I think it was a good move to pick Ben, even though it was a quite a shitty opponent. Um, he's now grabbed all the MMA fans that hate him. And then love, them or love, love or hate Jake, those people are still going to buy the pay-per-view and watch, or at least talk about it, which yeah. is going to make other people watch. So... Yeah, I think um, I think that's one to look out for. I think that's a much more competitive fight than Ben Askren versus Jake Paul or Dylan Dennis versus Jake Paul. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's a, that's a good match. And uh, I think everyone in the MMA community is going to rally behind Tyron just like they did Ben. Yeah. Um, I think Tyron can, Tyron can get it done. Yeah, I think he can get it done. Yeah. He's also a believer as well. If Jake Paul beats Tyron Woodley... I reckon he's finally going to get that respect or at least some respect in which he's trying to been, you know, searching for, has mm. been fighting for mm. really because, mm. you know, people would, were quit, are quick to discredit him. You know, he fought uh, Gillen. No, he fought Deji. Okay. That kid barely even trained um, and he got rid of his trainer. Okay. Fought Gibbon. All right. That dude barely started boxing. Okay. Fought Nate Robinson, 40-year-old basketball player. Okay. Fought uh, Ben Askren, 40-year-old, retired uh, MMA fighter. Okay, discredit that. All right, what more have I got to do now? Okay, that's give me a, give me a killer. So I respect him more now. Forty year old killer. <laughs> Forty year old, year old there killer. You go. I respect him now from former champion as well. Uh, you know, I respect him more because he's going up in levels. What mm. Jake's doing is he's taking steps, very carefully planned steps towards becoming legitimate. Which is what any boxer does. To be Which honest, a lot yeah. of those boxers. I mean, I spoke about Tommy Fury. He beat that, uh, I can't remember his name actually, I'll bring it up. But he was on 0 and 14. Yeah. Mm. But a lot of these fighters do that. If you look on, if you actually go back to a lot of these fighters, a lot of these boxers, um, rather, and, and you have a look through their, you know, first few fights, they do have padded records. They are fighting someone who is 5 and 6, 3 and 7, 2, two and 9. You know, they're like, they're, that's who they, they are fighting. Mm-hmm. 
they're not scrubs, but they do. They are doing, you know, what they can to bump up because around boxing, being undefeated mm-hmm. is your is your ticket, you know. And they try and then once they build it up to like thirty and zero, the same thing that got them a lot of money is the same thing that kind of gets them out of really big bouts because they get really scared to lose that th- that o. Mm-hmm. So, look, hats off to Jake making little moves and things like that in order to you make a lot of money in that space. Um, I'm excited. Tyron Woodley versus Jake Paul. I'm actually the Ben Askren versus Jake Paul. I wasn't really interested in the Tyron Woodley versus Jake Paul. I'm actually interested in because I think I think Tyron Woodley during his career wasn't given enough due no. on how good a champion he was and yeah. the caliber of fighters and the way in which he did it. The like. He's very good, very well-rounded, um, really, really good wrestler, black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, got power in those hands. Yeah. I think... Uh, You'll get a nice paycheck to finish yeah, it all off. Yeah. Here's the other thing I just got to bring out real quick, sorry to interrupt, yeah, but no, right. Francis Nagani, you put this out, did you see it? He said, Logan Paul got $10 million, $20, $20 million for an exhibition bout, and then he goes, what are we doing wrong? You can understand why a lot of the UFC fighters are getting a bit more upset now, yeah. and go, and uh, speci- specifically John, saying, you know, why can't I get, why can't I get my ten fifteen mil? Mm. You know, I'm, I'm proven. Yeah, it just gets a, it's it gets a bit weird. Uh, I think it raises a few concerns for a lot of the MMA fighters, particularly like people like Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa pulled out of. Uh, Actually, let's talk about that, actually. I want to bring that up. Okay. Um, Paolo Costa was supposed to fight Jared Cannonier. Um, essentially, the UFC and a lot of media outlets has actually said, Paolo Costa's face is going to face Jared Cannonier on this date, da 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 Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure it's that. When Paolo actually says, I'm actually not fighting, you guys have put that out, but I've never even signed the contract. Yeah. Um, and he's he says, actually, I'm out. Yeah. I don't get I'm not getting fair pay and he says anything less than 350 grand is a joke. Yeah. So like it, it makes sense like what Paolo Costa is going to fight Jared, Jared Cannonier a killer in the top. I think Jared Cannonier is probably maybe number 4 in the rankings or he might be a little bit lower now. I think he's 3 or 4. Yeah. So somewhere a little bit lower now cuz after Jared Cannonier lost to Robert Whitaker, he might have dropped down a few spots. And he's not going to get over three, you know, he's not going to get anything more than 350, 350 grand, mm. you know, for finding a killer like that. It's tough. Mm. It's tough, man. Um, so he's actually pulled out of that. And I believe someone else is going to face Jared Kennedy instead. I don't know who it actually is going to be. I'm going to quickly check. Mm. For some reason, my mind is saying um, Kelvin Gastelum. However, that wouldn't be a bad fight. Yes. Uh yes, Calvin Gaslam. Yeah. He's set, he's set to to face Jade Cannonier on August 21st. So Yeah, yeah, so I understand that there's becoming a growing movement now for you know, why are boxers getting paid so well and people in the UFC which is arguably the biggest most well-known promotion in terms of MMA while they're making so much less than that. You know, the the there's a big, big difference between the pay-per-view that they're able to, you know, get in boxing than, the, you know, specifically the UFC. I understand because it's a little bit more mainstream and things like that. But 
to get paid, I think they only get paid somewhere between 12 and 18% of what overall, you know, or the fighters get collectively 12 to 18%. And obviously the big ones at the top get the most bit and then it trickles down. There's people in the UFC that are still making 10 and 10, 20 and 20. That's bad. Yeah. What? You're going to get paid 10K to show up and 10K to win. Because if you don't win and you lose, you just made 10 grand. How are you, how are you supposed to... How you, and you originally, then there was Reebok. Mm-hmm. Reebok made it unable for you to make any money from sponsors. Yeah. So a lot of these fighters, they're, they're broke. Yeah. They're flat broke. And I understand why earlier when we talked about Tyron Woodley moving to boxing to make a little bit of money, he's going to get millions of dollars. He's going to make a multi-million payday. He's not going to make one mil. He's probably make close to $2 million against Jake Paul. Why wouldn't he? It, it does raise the concern for some of these fighters like Paulo Costa. He's in the top top five, hasn't fought since his loss to Israel Adesanya, but he's very marketable. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't get him more than 350 grand to to it, show up. Well, That's bad. That is bad. Just, again, it's time. It's the other thing is time of the UFC's been around. Like, if you look back at it, back in the day, like, what were UFC fighters getting? A lot less, even more, probably less. I and rem- now it's just I, fighters yeah. they get it because the fighting's just been around for so much longer. Yeah. And it I, comes yeah. down to who knows. Unfortunately, boxing just isn't as big now as UFC is like, you know, old people, sorry, older stars are coming back like Mike Tyson. Like Everyone knew who Mike Tyson was. Everyone knew who Mike Roy Jones Jr. is. It's just UFC is n- and MMA is just not as, as strong as popular as I always would like it but, to be. But, but the promotion doesn't give much money to yeah. them. That's the thing, the percentage. Yeah. How come the fighters only get about 12 to 18%? Mm-hmm. How, can, how can they be given 12 to 18% of what is made? Yeah. But the, without the fighters, you would have nothing. Yeah. I understand the promotion. The pro- promotion is what builds the story. And they're really good at that. UFC especially, really good at building stories, mm-hmm. which is exactly what fights are about. You, know, you get invested. And, my, and whenever anyone is emotionally invested, doesn't matter if in retail or whatever, if they're emotionally invested, they will buy it because they're acting on emotions, not logic, right? So it doesn't make sense. And it does raise a few concerns on, you know, it feeds into the like the, the, the lawsuits that are going on, you know, with, with Mike Hunt and other fighters that are saying, you know, we're, we're looking for fighter, fair fighter pay, you know? Because in boxing, they have the, the Ali Act and things like that and, and so forth to make sure that boxers got given fair pay. In the MMA, that's not a thing, yeah. you know. So it's 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 really really tough. Yeah. It's really really tough that that these MMA fighters they're they're unable to make the kind of money that some YouTubers can make mm. in boxing. That's sad. That's, that's really yeah. really sad. Anyway, so this weekend we also had the fight night, which uh, was just gone by recently, which headlined with Augustus Sakai versus uh, Rosen. Uh, Josino Rosenstrike. So, what were your thoughts about this one? Because we, I had my money on Rosenstrike. I had my money on Sakai. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I thought a lot on, um, on, on Sakai to be honest. Yeah, and I was quite surprised uh, that it was a first round knockout. You know, I was a, uh, a thought, especially from um, Rosenstrike, who pretty much didn't really have the best fight against Surogan. You know, he was a little bit uh, out timid. Class. Yeah. Timid, yeah. I would say. Yeah. That wasn't the case against the guy. He came out swinging at him. He was throwing some leg kicks. Mm. He had a really good reach. He was throwing his jab. And then he had him right up, thrown up against the cage. 
and then he dropped him. And I was like, whoa, right. I think it was right in the final seconds of the first round mm. as well. Mm. Really, really impressed to see that comeback. And I can tell in these uh, uh, that Rosenstrike just wanted to win that one yeah. much, much more. I, I think that when that happens, um, I think a good one to speak about is Francis Ngannou versus uh, Derek Lewis. That was when both fighters were very, very timid, too respectful of each other and their, the, the abilities that they had specifically, like power-wise. Mm-hmm. And nothing happened. Stagnant. A little yeah. bit boring, right? Different when it was against uh, Josina Rosenstrike and Cyril Garn. I actually thought that was really, really good fight. But the fans weren't too happy because Rosenstrike looked very... He didn't look busy. He yeah. wasn't... He wasn't. He was just waiting and waiting. And then the moment never came and then Rosenstrike lost. Yeah. Which... It, I understand the performance against Akai. He had to go completely off that, you know? They they call him, um, they, I think on online after that, they'll call him just a hero. Just, what's his name? Josino Rosenstrike. Yeah, Josino um, doesn't strike. That's what they yeah, call yeah. him online, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, but again, against Augusto Sakai, he, he hasn't been, that, uh, he's been, he hasn't been in the UFC for that long. I mean, he's only came around in Dana White's Contender Series back in 2018. So he's had four years in the UFC. He's had a notable uh, win streak, but mm. now he's on a two-loss win, uh, two-fight two losing streak because his last fight was lost was to Alistair Overeen, which mm. was, I think, at la- Alistair, Overeen's, uh, Alistair Overeen's last win. Yeah, I believe that was... But was it back in September, September or something like 2020, that? September 2020, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So w- with Sakai... He's a brilliant fighter as well. That's why I was kind of betting on him because, you know, Sakai had a little bit of time, uh, quite a decent amount of time. I thought Rosenstrike was taking a fight quite quickly after his loss to Cyril Garn. Again, didn't absorb too much damage, so not bad to have a quick turnaround. Um, I just thought Rosenstrike had absorbed a lot of damage because he'd also got KO'd quite viciously against Fra- Francis Ngannou. Um, yeah, really, really interesting fight, to be honest. Uh, I didn't expect Rosenstrike to really KO him in that first round that quickly, but obviously pressuring him up, up against the cage and in the heavyweight, any if anyone touches, no one has a strong enough chin. You know, your str- your chin can be can be one of the best in the heavyweight division. I, I th- when I think of it, I think of Stipe Miocic, but he could only take so many bombs against Francis Ngannou, and then when one hit in the perfect spot, mm-hmm. lights was out. Um, yeah. Well done to Josino Rosenstrike. What I'm thinking now, like what we like to always do is what happens next, I've right? got my next. You've got your next? What I is that? I reckon Rosenstrike should fight Curtis Blades. That would be a really good fight, yes. Because Curtis Blades is coming off his loss to Derek Lewis mm-hmm. and Rosenstrike is sixth and Blades is fourth as well. Does uh, Alexander Volkov have a recent... Uh, a fight coming up. I thought he was booked to fight someone. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, because I would really like to... Because they're both really good kickboxers. Yeah. Rosenstrike coming from... I think he had like a record of like 27-2 and two or something like that in, yeah. in kickboxing, right? I'd love to see a really good kickboxing fight against Alexander Volkov and uh, Josino Rosenstrike, to be honest. Yeah. And I'm just jumping a little bit far ahead for this one. Mm. But we're going to talk about this next. But I believe that Walt Harris should fight um, Sakai next. Yeah, that that, that would be okay. Yeah. I mean, it's been a bit uh, off for Walt Harris, and we'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah, we'll w- when I say I'm looking for a good kickboxing match, I'm looking for... 
Alexander Volkov is still ranked higher than Rosenstrike, uh, despite Rosenstrike beating him before he fought Derek Lewis. So I'd love to see that rematch. Like, why not? You know, it's been a, it's been a little bit of time. It's probably been about a year. I wonder what who's improved more. But however, Curtis Blades would be an excellent fight as well. So I, I, no, actually no, I'm mixing people up. Curtis Blades fought Volkov, and he beat Curtis Blades yeah. beat Volkov. Yeah. Correct. Alexander Volkov hasn't fought Rosenstrike yet. I would, yeah, I'm mixing people up. Yeah. Rosenstrike should fight Alexander Volkov. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd really, really like to, really, really like to see that fight. Yeah, either one of the two. I mean, mm. it'll be a heavyweight battle because uh, what what's going on right now is for heavyweight. I mean, everyone was like, oh, John Jones and Francis Ngannou. When's it going to happen? It's not going to happen. But Derek Lewis is putting his hand up to fight Francis because let's be honest, nobody wants to fight Francis. He's the boogeyman. Mm, <laughs> except Jones, maybe, but but, but he's not he's money. not being given yeah, the money he deserves. Yeah, yeah we, with what Harris, unfortunate end uh, to what well, I believe that was in the first round as well, was it yeah, not? Yeah. Against Marcin Tybura, we called that as well. I I, yeah. I, I think we said that Marcin Tybura was going to... We, we thought he was going to win. Though he was going to win. I thought he was going to knock him out anyway. But, but it was more of an important... Uh, we thought we predicted that Marcin Tybura was going to win, mm. but it was more of an important fight for what Harris... Because he's lost four times now, I believe, and it's been quite unfortunate after after yeah. his uh, the loss of his stepdaughter, and it's uh, unfortunate to see the way his UFC record is continuing. Um, obviously, if someone's got to lose, someone's got to do very well, and that's yeah. Marcin Tybura. Did very very well. He's uh, currently number eleven by beating Walt Harris, number eight in the rankings. Yeah, he takes that spot. He's jumped up a few spots now. Yeah. And um, Walt Harris came yeah. swinging in that fight. I was so impressed. He just got mm. caught by um, when he caught his uh, roundhouse kick, and then he swept him, mm. and then he was on the ground, and then just couldn't get up from there. Mm. That mm. that was his biggest mistake. Um, and Walt Harris now he's just trying to get up his record. He's now got a question mark next to his name. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, there is a. It's so is that now four losses now. Yeah, four losses. So we usually say question mark at three. Now it's a now it's more of an explanation point. Yeah, and uh, if it gets if usually if you get anywhere near four or five. That's when they're out. They'll probably give Watt Harris another fight, but if he were to lose again... Sorry, three. My bad. A uh, three. Okay, so, so it's a question mark. Okay, so it's a question mark. So if wow. he went anywhere near four or five, then uh, that, that that's worrying. You know, we did say it was an important fight for Walt. Yeah. I would probably recommend Walt has a little bit of time off yeah. um, and comes back stronger. Um, obviously, he's, he's excellent. He's an excellent fighter. I yeah. would just like to see him probably take a... He's he's been taking killers to be honest. Each one have been you know yeah. amazing stars. So I think Walt Harris might need to ha- take a bit of a break, regroup, maybe take some lesser competition and build himself back up. Marcin Tybura, I think if Augusto Sakai lost a Rosen strike, I think Sakai should fight Marcin Tybura. Mm. That would be a really good fight to yeah. see. Uh, to be honest, um, yeah, it'd be a really really good fight. I did want to talk about. Um, so we usually talk about a lot of MMA promotions. Um, it's not so often we talk about the Australian ones. Probably one of the, I would say, the biggest Australian uh, MMA promotion would be Eternal. Eternal. Um, Eternal MMA specifically. And they put on some amazing, amazing uh, events. Now, I was able to actually watch Eternal 60 here in Perth live um, 
in person and that was that was really I thought yeah, that was a really tell good me card about the experience what was it like um well there was about third about around 13 bouts um I did notice a few familiar names um on the on the card actually there was actually a couple people I actually went to school with who were making their promo their MMA debuts um I think it was uh Frank Jankowski mm-hmm. and Ryan Jankowski I went to school with them I think they were the year above Okay, I remember. Yeah, w- when I saw them, I I saw them and I was like, <laughs> I remember these guys because I was like, yeah, they're twins. They're um, twins. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah, they're twins. Yeah. Um, I it was unfortunate for for Ryan actually in his bout. I thought Ryan was doing very well. Um, the one I really thought I I really was impressed by Frank. I thought Frank. I believe he's got a bit of a Muay Thai background. He's had an amateur record of about five and zero or something like that. Um, I thought Frank Jankowski did really well. He looked so. He is, his like defense was very very good, especially and then even when he was on the offense with his wrestling, as soon as he would take them down, um, he almost had like a Greco Roman kind of style to his his wrestling, and he was able as soon as he took them down, he. The, he had a really fast transition straight into full mount, and as soon as he was there, if the if anyone he was against a much older opponent, I think he was about twenty six, twenty seven. Um, I think he would believe he was one and zero, because this was Frank's debut with zero and uh, zero and zero, and um, even when his opponent was able to get out through the scrambles, Frank was always in control, making sure he was always controlling the back. He was. I think the best thing about Frank was probably his striking as well as transitions from wrestling, his offensive wrestling style, into, you know, more favorable positions on the ground. I thought he did so well. And then when I think about it as well, um, there was two very noticeable um, events that night. So we had, firstly, uh, our friend uh, Cody Hannon mm-hmm. uh, against Urseg. So Urseg, he's the uh, flyweight eternal MMA. I believe he's the current yeah. um Flyweight Eternal MMA champion, and he unfortunately had uh, his f- his opponent fell out. Yeah. Cody had yeah. Cody, ha- Cody hadn't put his hand up. Yeah. Um, on short notice. On well. short notice, and then they managed to make this fight occur at bantamweight, which is what Cody's natural weight is. That he's, mo- I believe, it, Cody's fought at flyweight as well, right? Yeah. But he's more natural at bantamweight, I believe. I think that's where he's trying to make his claim now. Um, really good fight. That first round was. It was really, really good. Um, I'd probably... It was very close. I'd probably edge it out to Urseg. And then that second round, that's got to go to Cody. Cody did so well in that, that second round f- fight. And I think... Uh, I think he got him with a head kick at one point as well, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. And i got to give props to Urseg. He took a lot of shots in that second round. I actually thought Haddon was going to finish it in that second round. And that third one, he was back and forth. It was just it showed that Cody's um, conditioning, his aerobic conditioning, was very, very good because in that second round, Urseg started to slow down. Urseg had a little bit of a second win in that third round. Um, however, it was just back and forth. I think Urseg kind of edged it out just on takedowns. Um, but every time Cody got taken down... Um, he was able to pop back up. It was just the volume of takedowns that probably made Urseg edge it out. But dude, it was like, we, we talk about close fights and the cl- close fights are based on, all right, how close were the scores of each round and how close were each round specifically? And dude, this was a close fight. What, Cody had in 2-0, 4-6-1, uh, 
flyweight champion in bantamweight, and he looked so seasoned in there. He looked really, really good. Yeah. Um, I think Cody's now two and one. Um, and that one that that one defeat that he had against Urseg, I he did really well. And I don't think I think I think he's gonna go far. I really think so. If he's two and nine, he's able to put on performances like that. He's gonna do so well. The rest of Perth was up, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I think that's really cool for, for, for you know, for each respective gyms. I know uh, Ursa comes from Wilkes Gym. Mm. Um, that's around the corner from where I work. Actually, I noticed it. Yeah. Mm. Um, but that was a really really cool fight. And then another fight was um the co-main event. Um, and I want to not butcher his name. Uh, Justin uh, Van Heden against Rod Costa. Rod Costa, three and three, um, mainly a Brazilian jiu-jitsu player. Mm-hmm. Really, really good at Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, in that first round, there was a little bit of feeling out process, a lot of a lot of fakes involved. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot was going on. They were mainly just reading each other's feints and seeing who bought onto those uh, feints every time that they did. And um, Justin Van Heden, he, came from, he comes from a freestyle MMA, which is where Volkanovski uh, and Colby and all that come from. And um, he's seven and one. So a lot of people were expecting Justin to come out um, and obviously surprise him with a striking. And uh, it was Rod Costa, who mm-hmm. uh, obviously is really, really good on the ground. He knocked out Justin and it was it was over like that. It was, um, it was just insane. It was honest. I don't think a lot of people were expecting the three and three Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fighter to, to beat someone that's coming from... Uh, Freestyle. Mm. So, no, that, that was a really excellent fight as well. And then uh, we've got Eternal 61 coming up. I know we're gonna, I'm going to have a chat with Colby uh, yeah. in a couple of hours and yep. stay tuned for that interview. Also, I heard there was actually a fight inside the building at the time. Uh, I, I, saw a f- I saw a few scuffles, to be honest. There were police everywhere. Um, yeah. There was one dude that... I, uh, the first the first time I saw like the police come in, um, some guy was just pissed and he was trying to have a... He was trying to get some more alcohol and he was drunk. Mm. And um, he didn't put up a fight, to be honest. The, he just saw the cops and he was like, yeah, fair enough. And then the cops just escorted him out. And um, But there was tons of cops around there at HBF Stadium. Yeah. And uh, look, honestly, there was about 13 bouts. There was some excellent fights there. Um, yeah, I was really impressed. I was really impressed by the, the performances. Um who else was I really impressed by? There was quite a few, to be honest. I don't want to butch anyone's names. That's all. That that you know, that's the thing. Um, yeah, there was some really, really good, good fights on that card. I, I was thoroughly impressed, and um, I, I'm going to continue to go to those eternal. We're going to have to get to be on podcast as well. We're going to keep yeah, going. Yeah. We should make that definitely make that thing as well. Getting today. more people off eternal. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. Um, another one Maybe to talk about. Speak on really, and that's the best thing about this. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Now I know um, Jack from Eternal MMA. He's now re- he. I think yesterday he relinquished the Eternal belt. Now he's got. Uh, he's been taken to Dana White's Contender Series. Yeah. So really interesting to see how that's going to go. Yeah. Well, it's just love. It's just awesome to see Perth talent finally getting some recognition. One hundred percent. I thought that was really cool to see all the different, all the different. Um, MMA gyms. Yeah. There's quite a few there. You know, there was kick- an explosion of them there. As yeah, well. exactly. The, so there was Kickass, there was um, Wilkes, Strike, 
Um, Wolves Den. Wolves I was really Den. impressed by Wolves Den. Wolves Den's just over there in yeah. Joondalup. They made uh, they've done really really well with their fighters as well. Um, yeah. So coming back to Jack Della, he's relinquished his eternal MMA um, belt and now he's moving to Dana White's Contender Series. That's someone to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Um, I can always get behind Australian talent for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but Eternal Sixty Belter. It was I thought that was really really good and. To be fair, if you're gonna if you're going to and I was talking to my dad because he was there watching it with me, I was saying, if you're gonna watch it live on Fight Pass, why wouldn't you just pay another, you know, what is it? The I can't actually remember. Usually to watch any kind of fight part anything on Fight Pass is usually around what, forty nine ninety five or something Roughly, like that, yeah. right? I think tickets for Eternal were like eighty five dollars or something like 83, that. Eighty three, something 83, like yeah. that, right? Plus why the, why plus a booking fee and all so sorry. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, what, well, it comes to what, 85? Yeah. 85? Yeah. Why wouldn't you pay another $35 just to watch it live? Agreed. And you, and then on top of that, you can then pay what, I think it's like 150 or 200 and you can be super close to the cage. You can have, they give you chips and, uh, and drinks and things like that. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I was super impressed by Eternal. Um, and I was impressed by like the quality of it because a lot of us, Austra- even Australian TV shows, they're a bit shit. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, right? And I was and the the quality of it was I was really impressed by it, to be honest. I knew Eternal MMA was really good. I just wasn't too sure how good it was gonna be if I was there in person. Thoroughly impressed. I thought it was the commentary was cool. I thought the uh I thought the ring announcer was I thought it was sick. I thought it was really good. Um yeah, Eternal MMA, someone there's one of the major promotions in Australia and very impressed by their promotion to be honest. Um Okay, so talking about, you know, the Australian New Zealand talent that we have here, Israel Adesanya is going to have his rematch against Marvin Vittori next week. Uh, in Australia, it'll be on Sunday. Yeah. For you guys in America, that'll be on uh, on Saturday at UFC 263. Yeah, this is a rematch that Vittori has been bugging for. Yeah, for I, I thought it was really funny. that he, They had Michael Bisping, which is really funny that Michael Bisping was the commentator and the adjudicator for yeah. their little live kind of... <laughs> yeah, uh, did you watch that? I did watch that. I thought it was really funny that Michael Bisping, the ex-middleweight champion, was yeah. there like talking to the middleweight champion and the middleweight contender. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of back and forth. There was a that lot was of... Very, very heated argument. Vittori's a brick wall, to be honest. He's, yeah. he, he's just like, yeah... Huh? Like he, he doesn't he doesn't really take on what Izzy says too too seriously. I think Izzy's I think Izzy's quite upset because like because I think he's getting annoyed that Vittori's hanging on to this. He believes he won. He won. Do you believe he won? No, I, I, wa- I watched it back. I, I believe watched it back. Uh, twice. First two rounds go to Izzy. Third no round goes to. It has to go. The third round has to go to Vittori just because it was quite uneventful. Even though it was Vittori's. It's very similar to how Derek Brunson was um, this year against uh, Kevin Holland. Mm-hmm. Took him down. Mm-hmm. Kevin would get up, or even if Kevin was down there, he would strike on the ground. But it was a significant takedown, but not significant damage. Yeah. Didn't he was mainly in full guard? Didn't really go anywhere. Maybe as far as far as I can remember, because it was a while ago. Maybe went to half guard, and he never really advanced. Uh, he just held him down. He essentially did the wet blanket treatment, right? He didn't really do anything. And he, co- he kind of holds on to that. Yeah. He believes it's a win. And he, yeah. and he doesn't stop talking about it. And it's bugging Israel. There Israel literally said, 
because uh, uh, sorry, uh, Marvin Vittoria literally went, "I don't like you, man." And Izzy was like, "I fucking hate you, dude." Yeah, and he's he's wound up. He's really upset. Yeah, and man. usually that brings the best out of Izzy because when he was pissed off and wound up by Paolo, yeah. that's when he knocked him out. Especially when it also came to Derek Brunson as well. That's when he got fired up. As exactly well. knocked out Derek Brunson as well. Yeah, there was a big. It was a. I mean. He definitely did not get on. There was, de- there was. It's just clear cut that he definitely beat uh, Vittori. Even in countdown, they went to watch the uh, actual fight back, and then was Israel was like picking out his mm. uh, where mm. his best shots were, picking out his worst shots there. However, Vittori did uh, have a good. Sh- he has a strong left hand, so he did pop him with that left hand a few times. Look, so v- Vittori's improved. Yeah, he's improved dramatically, yeah, yeah. Dram- dramatically. But I don't believe that. What's it called? I don't believe that he's better than Adesanya or improved more than Adesanya has because if you look at the level of competition that Adesanya had after Vittori and look at the level of competition that Vittori had after mm. Adesanya, Adesanya is just, it's just levels and levels and levels above him. Yeah, there is levels to this. I think Izzy's, um, I mean, Izzy's last loss, which, which kind of took away his undefeated record, yeah. was against Jan Blakowicz, which, which, which keeps aging very well, to be honest, because yeah. Jan's looking really good. Knocked out. Luke Rockhold, mm-hmm. ex middleweight champion. Like, what did you? Th- and he went up a weight class that Izzy, let's be honest, didn't prepare for the big weight jump. When you get to like the difference between middleweight and light heavyweight, it's a jump. A big, it's big a big jump. jump. And then the one from light heavyweight to heavyweight is a massive, massive jump. You know, that's a what is that sixty pounds difference yeah. when it comes to light heavyweight to heavyweight, and then middleweight is about a twenty pounds difference. And there, are, and usually these people, you know, they're somewhere between light heavyweight and heavyweight, and they cut dramatically to two or five. Yarm was probably about two twenty, two twenty five in there, whereas Izzy probably ate up, and he was probably around one nine. Well. He was most likely one ninety, one ninety five. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's not it's not a bad loss to be honest. I think Izzy's going to come back quite dramatic. Uh, if we go off the pattern of how everything went against Yoramero. You know, kind of uneventful fight. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, what do you but think then he knocked out Paolo after that. Yeah. What do you think the 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 uh, results will be leading into this fight? I believe that we'll see Adesanya play about with him in the first round, like he did. When when I was looking back at the fight, like Adesanya was throwing less shots than Vittori. Mm. However. Adesanya was landing, and he was landing some very clean shots. Vittorio often, he, he often didn't really connect. The, le- the leg kicks he mm-hmm. would connect with, but uh, he was often just there a little bit too late when it came for those l- yeah. big sweeping yeah. hooks. They would often miss the mark cause yeah. because Izzy's very good at distance control. Yeah. Just coming out just enough so he can has very little distance to carry over and smack you. He was pretty much sniping at his weaknesses. He was pinpointing yeah. those weaknesses. And then if you look at the difference between round one and round two, round two was when he really, really made him made, really made him suffer. Mm. And I believe that's probably what's going to happen again. I honestly potentially believe that because this is five rounds, I reckon we might see a knockout mm. in the coming rounds. However, one thing I will want to be interested in is we talked about before, and again, it showed in the Marvin Vittori fight, is is his takedowns mm-hmm. because Vittori won that third round because of the takedowns and on Adesanya was on his back as well. Uh, so again, where where is it gonna? What's gonna happen now if he gets into that position? Because we talked about that time and time before. Surely Adesanya has a game plan of what's going to happen if he gets taken down again. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. I think uh, I think Izzy will win against Vittori. I think Vittori has improved a bit. Yeah, I think he's a, a he's definitely a good middleweight fighter um, and a good contender. Mm-hmm. I think I think Izzy is just going to piece him up. I think there will be times when Vittori takes him down, and like normal stylebender fashion, he'll just pop back up. They probably won't be very significant. Um, main thing to worry about Vittori is probably. Probably his durability, to be honest, and maybe that that left hook that he's got. Um, with Izzy, I think Izzy will probably take Vittori to the decision. I think, yeah, I, I think. Uh, well, to be honest, I said the same thing about Costa. I didn't think uh, Costa was going to be get knocked out. I thought he was. I kind of maybe I overestimated his durability, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe maybe uh, he was drunk or <laughs> the wine he drank I don't know um, but with Vittori I think Vittori is very durable yeah. I think and he's a, he's quite a large middleweight to be honest he looks more like a light heavyweight in there so with Izzy I think he's just going to snipe him pick him apart um, and he's going to just make it a, dif- a difficult and very frustrating bout for Vittori most likely going to do very similar performance against uh, which was similar to Costa he's just going to Probably take the first round to download a bit of information. Probably chop up his legs mm-hmm. inside the calf, outside, break down his quad a little bit. Just probably just behind the back of the knee. I think he's going to continue to break Vittori's lead leg. He's going to make Vittori very frustrated. But I don't know if he's going. I don't think he's going to knock out Vittori. I think Vittori is very durable, mm-hmm. solid chin. Uh, Vittori's. Mm, he says he's 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 he says he doesn't really want to like. He's kind of joked, oh, yeah, I'm just going to take you down, dude. I'm just going to pull, hold your leg, and I'm just going to hold you down there. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I think he's trying to play a little mind games, but that's mainly Vittori's game plan. Yeah. That's how he's going to succeed. I think Izzy's going to piece him up. Vittori might take a round, but I think Izzy will take uh, Vittori to a decision, and it will most likely most likely be like a 4-1 and one or something like that. I think yeah. so. Um, so you're saying decision? I'm saying second round knockout. You want to say second? Second round. Uh, I wonder why you did second round knockout. Well, because that's just his style. That's what he had with Costa. You know. Yeah, I mean? yeah. Or and if uh, if I had to choose between or the Vittori 2021 and Costa, curse, I would curse. Costa. or it's the 2021 curse where everyone yeah, gets knocked down the second round. Second round, second round, deadly man. Anyway, um, so Figueroa versus Moreno. That's going to be a really good really, rematch. Really been looking forward mm. to because w- with that fight, it was done on such short notice. Figueroa and Moreno both fought on the same card and then they fought again literally le- uh, just less than a month later. It was in December and it was the fight to finish off the year. Mm. That was my um, flyweight fight of the year. Mm. That was my fi- favourite flyweight fight of the year. But also, there's just the amount of back and forth that went between the two and the amount of skill set that they had between the two. And now finally we get to run it back. Now looking back at it, Davison Figueroa was. Why do you say Figueroa? Figueroa. Redo. 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 Like Fredo. Redo. Okay. Why he was um getting irritated was because of the fact that he had a point taken away from him from the gro- from the groin kick. Yeah, yeah. I think he hit him in the dick we twice or something. Pretty hard in the groin. Yeah, that's yeah. the other thing. And then he was saying in countdown that he was being dramatic. I don't think. I think. I think if dramatic. anyone gets, because he started off, it sounded like he was gonna cough up. Yeah. Something like cough, cough up a, I don't know, a testicle or something. I don't know. And then he got back up and kept fighting as well. And yeah. then I reckon the the point was pretty fair, but also, Moreno rocked him a few times. 
Yeah, it was twist. back and forth. Back yeah, Moreno's forth. Moreno's uh, right overhand. Yeah, it's just it's got it's it's got really good precision. Um, and I think they they go back and forth and get caught in those exchanges, and that's not good when it comes against Moreno. Moreno, when he gets stuck in those exchanges, he just digs that chin in, and he just catches you with that right overhand. I think uh, it's got a little bit of controversy around it because Fig- Figueredo he said um, he was a bit sick beforehand, yeah. and that would have. Uh, affected him, you know, in terms of his performance. He does cut pretty extensively to get to fly away. It's a pretty yeah. insane cut. And he's had these sort of issues before when he fought um, Joseph uh, Benavides mm-hmm. for the first time. Yeah. And then it wasn't go through because he missed weight by a certain amount. And he said he was having issues. Yeah. And if you actually look at him, he's absolutely shredded. And he hits hard for yeah, a flyweight. Yeah, he's a massive flyweight. He looks... He's most likely a, a bantamweight, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I I think Figueredo will will beat Moreno. I think. Yeah, I reckon this one will probably be by decision, though. I got a feeling mm. with these two, they will most likely go the distance. Because if they went the distance when they had less time, honestly, uh, to prepare. Now they've got all this time to prepare, you know... They've got, they have this experience. They know each other's game plans. I do actually believe this is going to be uh, going to decision. I say, um, but I want to say Marino, but by, by decision. Really? Yeah. Just something about the underdog. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I, I think, think Moreno's. Yeah, he's solid. Yeah, Degueros. He is the uh, he is the favorite coming into this fight. So that's why I just want to kind of want to bet on Wait, the... Uh, who's the favourite? Figueredo? Uh, yeah, yeah often the, often, often the champion is uh, a slight or a heavy favourite. Yeah. Um, I just think Figueredo's got more tools, to be honest. I think Moreno... I mean, he's been the underdog in the ultimate fighter. He's been the ultimate... Do- uh, the, uh, he's been the underdog his whole UFC career, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, that first fight was just on... Just He's obviously very talented, but he's got and he's got a chin. Mm-hmm. But it was on heart. He just stayed stayed in there. And that they rocked each other throughout that bout. That's probably one of the greatest flyweight fights ever mm-hmm. in, in uh, yeah. mixed martial arts, to Even be honest. Daniel was saying that, yeah. That's what he said immediately after the fight. Um, with Figueredo, I think, I think if he was unable to knock out Moreno in that amount of time, I, and with that quick turnaround after his first, his, uh, the original fight beforehand, just like Brandon Moreno had his fight against uh, Brandon Roy, uh, Royval. Um, I think Figueredo will take Moreno to a decision again. And I think it will be another really close fight, to be honest. I don't think it will be a unanimous. I think it will... Oh, it will probably be a really close one. It might be unanimous, but I think it will be quite a quite a close bout again. Yeah. I think it's just going to be fireworks and it's a the UFC 263 is a really really cool card. I think Figueredo he's just got more tools. He's really really good on the feet. He's got good distance control. He's got very very fast reaction time. Mm. It was really cool how he's able to catch kicks and things like that and um think on the fly. Yeah. And like that when he had that uh quickly moving to guillotine and things like that. He's got really quick contra- transitions. I think Moreno is very good on the on the feet as well. I think his just best attribute is kind of just gritting his teeth and going for that right overhand. Yeah. Um, and it's quite a funny kind of overhand to be honest. But I think I think Figueroa will will beat Moreno. I think he'll just be a little bit smarter. 
Um, both of them will come in with a different game plan, but I think Figueredo just has the tools and the athletic ability to, to beat Moreno. He's got a bit of size as well. Uh, I think he'll beat Moreno. It will be still a really, really tough bout. But, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a really tough bout. But I think Figueroa will win for sure. Um, next one I want to talk about is Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. Look, um, Nate Diaz last fight against, um, who am I thinking of? Gamebred. Yeah. Gamebred Marcedal. Um Which was in 2019. 2019. It's yeah. been a little bit of... That was the of, best year for Gamebred as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's been a, l- a bit of time off. Edwards, he's looking to extend his... Um, his UFC record is specifically his. I think his nine. It was eight, eight fine win streak because yeah. he did not win against Bilal Muhammad, yeah, who's also good. on this card actually, yeah. which is a little bit funny. Because <laughs> um, Bilal's given the rematch, you know that's what. They yeah, that, that should have occurred. I mean, Bilal's going to fight Damian Maya, uh, which we can very briefly talk about uh, in the in a little bit. Um, it'll be interesting to see perhaps in the UFC embedded if they ever cross paths and yeah. have any beef themselves. But Leon Edwards, I think he's going to really piece up Diaz. I think Diaz is an aged competitor. Got a his chin doesn't it's not sh- what it, it used it, to be. It's not what it used to be, but he doesn't show as much deterioration as you would think. Yeah. Um. I think the main thing why he has such a good chin is just his cardio. Yeah. The amount of aerobic conditioning these guys do, like running, cycling, swimming, their legs are s- just they can go on for days. And the main thing with taking a shot is is obviously the chin, but also your legs. I think Edwards is just more well-rounded. He's he's improved a lot in terms of offensive wrestling as well. Um, the only issue might be with might be Diaz's height, however, and also his ground game as, as well. well as ground I game. Diaz is very like Diaz is very slick on the ground. He's very good at fighting off his back as well. He's yes. very good at being on the ground. You know, he we see him. He likes to pull guard and he likes to you know fight off his back. He's you know, he's got that highlight reel where he set up that guy and put that guy in a triangle in the Give final the round. the double fingers, yeah. Yeah, and I see we don't really see Edwards is grappling that much. We barely even see Edwards at all these Edwards at all these days. Yeah, he's just having such a rough run, mm. finding fights. You know, there was the fight that was meant to have with Hamza Chamaya that fell flat like what three times, two, three times, and then he three got times, three I think. Times, yeah, and yeah. He got Muhammad and Muhammad, he, I poked him. But we can definitely argue that in the first round, that fir- sorry, that first round went to Edwards. He was he's got only 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 so much of that jab. first round really went by though. Only yeah. so much. So you can only go yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I thought he looked good in that first round yeah. to be honest. Until he's got that, really sw- his, his legs are really really fast. He's got a great kickboxing background, and then he's also and you know this is the fight that he's been looking for. Considering you know he gets to take down a legend, and I feel like if he beats Diaz. I got a feeling it might be, I reckon it might be a knockout by like, it's, it's a three-round fight, isn't it? It's, five it's round the fight. first non, uh, non-main non event or mon- non-title fight um, five-rounder. Okay, that's interesting. I reckon it'll be a round four yeah. knockout then. I just realized those later rounds. Do you think Leon will knock Diaz out? Mm, maybe TKO. Because of his car tissue on yeah, his face? Yeah, yeah. That's what I think because... If you put him up against Marzadol, he was he wiped him down a few times, and then mm. there was all that blood and there's that scar tissue, and the doctor waved it off and all that. That's what I feel like is going to happen. Diaz doesn't get knocked out, but he gets knocked down. That's what we can argue. Yeah, the only knockout I believe we got was against Josh Thompson. There you go. Head kick knockout. And yeah, he's just too fit. He's just too too tough, really. And I feel like that could be the case. I yeah, I I think with Diaz, 
um, the f- look the sport kind of passes you by very quickly. Yeah. Um, and Diaz as well as Edwards have had a little bit of time off. Edwards has kind of been on the uh, you know he's coming up. He's he's made a massive win streak to be honest against some really good fighters, and I think that. That tells you a lot about Edward's skill. I think there's a lot of people that are under the Diaz army, and you know they, 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 there's a lot of people that don't really know Leon Edwards, but they, but they know Diaz, and that's why they think that Diaz is going to beat Edwards, mm. and that's just not the case. I think Edwards, you could arbu- arguably say him, other than Kamara Usman, he's probably one of the most well-rounded welterweights, mm. other than maybe Rafael de Sanjos or something like that, and perhaps one of the most underappreciated as well. Yes, I believe. Edwards beat uh, Afil DeSanjos somewhere in his um, fight win streak. Mm-hmm. Now, with Edwards versus Diaz, I don't know who is actually the favorite in that, to be honest. I want to quickly check that. However, when, when we're talking about Edwards, he has cardio. He's got volume. He's able to he's able to knock you out. Um, he's just very, very well-rounded. He's on the ground. He can submit you. On the feet, he's very good. He's got really, really good boxing, really good timing. When he's in the clinch, he's able to um, do very well at holding, controlling you. And then on the break, when after holding you against the cage, he has beautiful elbows. That's probably one of Leon's best things is when he's in the break, in the clinch, which is most likely what's going to occur against Diaz because that's usually what Diaz does, ties them up and does a little bit of dirty boxing uh, or takes you down. Edwards, on the break, has really good timing with elbows. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think Edwards will beat Diaz, and I think it will be by decision. Mm. I don't... I think with a bit of time that Diaz has had off, the scar tissues could be okay above that eye. Um, I think, yeah, just like Diaz says, if you sneeze on me, I'll probably bleed. Um, (laughs) But I think Edwards will control Diaz with a little bit of, you know, wrestling. Um, He might not pass guard or anything like that. Diaz is really good. He's got a really good guard. Um... But at the very elite level, submitting people off your back is super uncommon. Yeah. Super, super uncommon. Um, the only person who's probably done it at the really high level is probably been Tony Ferguson. Or and Anderson Silva. Or Anderson Silva, yeah. yes, against like Chael Simon yeah. and things yeah. like that. Yeah. However, it's very, very uncommon. Now, I know Diaz's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is really good, but I think... Perhaps the sport has passed them by a little bit. Yeah. Um, MMA is growing so quickly and so fast. And when you take a, a bit of time off, um, yeah, it, it shows. So I think Edwards will beat Diaz, and I think it will be by unanimous decision. I think he will dominate him on the on on the feet. If he does take him down, might not pass guard, but he'll be able to impose his will a little bit in, in guard. Um yeah, there'll be an excellent fight by Edwards by unanimous decision. Awesome. Um, la- lastly, I just want to run so through... Just before we finish it off, you're yeah. saying Edwards by decision? Yes. And I'm saying Edwards by four-round knockout. Yes. Yep. Um, so, just because we're a little bit down on time, but the thing is, we've got three other massive fights that are going to occur on this card. You know, mm-hmm. we've got Damian Marvis, Bilal Muhammad, we've got Paul Craig versus Jamal Hill, mm-hmm. and then we've got Drew Dober against Brad Riddell. Um, just running through them more quickly. Tell me your prediction for each. Okay. If I'm going to say Damien Maia versus Bilal Muhammad, I want to say Bilal Muhammad because he's got something to prove and he's mm-hmm. coming, he's been rising up lately. Damien Maia hasn't really, he's a veteran, obviously. 
He's a very seasoned fighter. He's got probably one of the best pedigrees when it comes to grappling on the ground and on the ground. So if I believe that Bilal Muhammad, if he can keep him standing, he will probably win that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Craig versus uh, Jamala uh, Hill. I want to say Paul Craig because I feel like Paul Craig is coming to the end of his career. Oh, he's in his 30s, isn't he? It's not the end of his career. Uh, well, end of his time in the UFC. I mean, he's been fighting for quite some time. He's 33. 33. Paul Craig. Yeah, well, he's had an extensive uh, back, uh, extensive run in the UFC. No, he hasn't. Yeah, well, I believe that. Started way. in 2016. That's not an extensive career. Well, I mean, either way, he's had a lot of fights in the UFC. That's what yeah. I'm sure. Beat Shogun twice. Yep. He's gonna knock. He's gonna most likely submit Hill. He's gonna knock. He's gonna uh, submit him. Anyway. Anyway, as I was saying, um, Paul Craig probably by decision, and then if I was to go Drew Dober versus Matt Real. Now Drew Dober, he's got ten losses. His last loss was to Makachev. Um, Riddle was supposed to fight someone else, wasn't he? Because of the COVID situation. Um, Gregor Gillespie. Yeah, that's right. So that's why um, I. So that one is a little bit of a weird area. I want to. Um, Drew Dober's got more experience, but Brad Riddle, you know, he's got one of the best uh, gyms behind him. He's got one of the best camps. Mm. So I'm going to go with Brad Riddle for that one. What about you? Um, for me. I got so if we're Damian Maya versus Bilal Muhammad, I think Damian Maya doesn't really have a good striking base. He's mainly a jiu-jitsu player. Really, he's amazing on the ground. Absolutely incredible on the ground. Um, I just feel that Bilal is, you know, up and coming. Uh, we talked about how the sport kind of evolves very quickly, and I think Bilal, um, he's really proving himself in the UFC. I think the main thing that Bilal that comes out to me is probably toughness as well as conditioning. He's incredibly conditioned. He's able to put out a huge amount of volume. Um, I, I really think that the Bilal will most likely take Maya to a decision. I think um, he'll just piece him up in terms of volume. Be able to try and stuff Maya's takedowns. He'll just have to be really wary of Maya taking his back because that'll be incredibly difficult. Even uh, Damon Maya even submitted uh, Ben Askren, who's you know excellent on the ground, um, also in jiu-jitsu and wrestling. With Paul Craig versus Jamal Hill, um, really good fight that's been put on by the the matchmakers. To be honest, Paul Craig being number fourteen in the light heavyweight division, um, and Jamal Hill in number fifteen in light heavyweight division. So. Yeah, this is excellent. I'm really, really looking forward to this fight. Obviously, um, you know, I come from a Scottish nationality, so I'm obviously going to go for Paul. Um, a little bit of, not controversy, but a little bit of uh, aggression in between them because uh, apparently Hill has been a bit upset about the Scottish fans have been taking a little bit of the piss out of him. I think it's an American. Th- Americans don't unders- understand maybe the, the, the Scots. Americans never get it. They don't <laughs> never understand... Um, the Northern European and kind of banter. Yeah. Right. They don't understand how they go like, Oh, he's going to be, they don't, they take it personally. They don't really, they don't understand the, the banter or how they speak. Um, and he'll actually put out a, a post saying, Oh, um, he says, I'm going to like knock out Craig and I'm going to like stamp on your flag or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, which we posted on our Instagram and 
they had a little discussion anyway. But uh, Paul, I think Paul, anytime I ever see Paul on social media, he's always training. Yeah. He's always con- he's always training. He's always uh, running and doing. Um, he loves his trap bar deadlifts and his and his uh, what do you call it? His squats and his pull ups. Um, he's always running. He's always doing aerobic conditioning. He has an excellent submission uh, background in terms of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's a brown belt. Yes. Um, yeah. he's, he's very, very good on the ground. I think he's made a lot of big changes in terms of his striking. I think he's got a lot better. Um, oh, this is an excellent fight because Hill is 30 years old. Craig is um, 32. And I really think that... 33. Sorry, 30, fact, 33. Fact, yes. Myself. yes, he is. 30, 33. So his last loss was to Alonzo Manningfield, which was in 2019. Yes. Yeah, so so I, think, I think Craig will um, submit Hill in the... In the third round, I think Craig will submit Hill in, in the third round. Um, with Drew Dober versus Brad Riddell, really interesting fight. I think this will most likely stay on the feet. Uh, this will most likely be a good thing for Brad uh, since coming from the kickboxing background and city kickboxing. Um, Drew Dober, look, he, he just never really got started against Islam Markachev. Markachev was able to submit him with a head and arm choke. And that was basically just because Islam's volume was so high against uh, Drew Doba. He was so, Drew was so tired, mm-hmm. right? Um, usually the head arm choke, fr- um, you can submit someone that way, but it's usually if you're in the correct position, which didn't actually occur yeah, with Islam. He, he didn't from the half guard. Yeah, he, he didn't really, he was from half guard, it wasn't from side control. So yeah. it was mainly because he was just so tired. I think Brad, he's got good cardio, really, really good on the on the feet. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how Izzy and Brad go with their recent loss of their close teammate and friend, um, Fowl. So I'm looking for Brad to... I think Brad will win against Drew by decision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Brad will do very, very well and impose his will on the feet if it does take place there. Uh, and I think Riddell and uh, Adesanya have done... And even Hooker as well. They've all done very good at improving themselves on on the ground as well and in these scrambles. So I think Riddell win by a win against Dober by this <coughs> excuse me against decision. Craig will submit Hill in the third round, and Muhammad will he'll most likely beat Maya by decision as well. Fair enough. All righty. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Peace. Thank you. Don't forget. Bye-bye. Also, like, subscribe, follow <laughs> us on Instagram. Don't forget to follow our links and uh, buy me a coffee. And of course, guys, tune in next week where we'll be doing an official recap of UFC. Right. Sweet. Thanks, yeah. guys. Bye bye.